Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face here on WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. As you may have noticed, if you've been outside of your little indoor cave today, it's a beautiful spring day outside. In honor of that fact, I decided to play a little bit of Vivaldi, the Four Seasons. Guess which season I played? I'll give you a hint. It's not summer, fall, or winter. That's right, it's spring, because it's spring outside. And it's almost starting to feel like summer. But no, there's no such thing as global warming. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some of the news for today. Uh, if you're a regular listener, you may have noticed that I'm not, in fact, Ord Energymon. Uh, he is off on one of his adventures today. He'll be back in due time, but in the meantime, we've got plenty to keep us busy here. All right, let's get on to some of the news. Let's start with Occupy. Occupy updates daily. Uh, We get these updates from a great site called, you guessed it, Occupy Updates Daily. They're at occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. A few tidbits of news here. All right, let's see what we've got. Uh, You may remember, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, but there were some shocking images from the UC Davis protest where a police officer pepper-sprayed students from short range as they sat on the sidewalk. Uh, the inquest into the incident has been suppressed by the court system. So uh, they, they did investigate it, and they're not releasing to the public what the results were, which has led to a lot of frustration for everyone involved. However, now students and alumni have uh, had enough waiting, and on uh, February 22nd, they filed a lawsuit against the police officers, the university, and the chancellor. Uh, they're alleging that their rights to free speech were attacked. The next court hearing concerning the incident is March 16th. What do you know? <laughs> when the judge will decide whether or not to release the findings of the investigation. So we'll be keeping an eye on that story. If they do uh, make the details public, uh, uh, we'll be sure to let you know. Let's see some other news. Another University of California news, the chancellor of UC Berkeley is stepping down, returning to a faculty position after eight years as chancellor. Uh, Robert, <coughs> excuse me, Robert Bergenew has waded through many protests and budget cuts and commented that anyone who steps up to the plate <laughs> needs to be ready to deal with these things. Uh, maybe, maybe he got driven into retirement by dealing with protests. Hmm. All right, here's some more news. Uh, Occupy students in Atlanta disrupted a Board of Regents meeting. They coughed loudly and questioned some of the Board's policies, which effectively ban illegal immigrants from public universities, as well as making deep cuts to important scholarships for less fortunate students. They asked that the Regents be the ones who take the pay cuts. The Chairman gave students a few minutes to speak before asking them to leave. Protesters left without incident, but informed the Regents that they would be attending future meetings. 
I, I kind of like that outcome. You know, they got their voices heard and uh, nobody had to go to jail. <laughs> Occupy Denver's encampment is being cleaned up by the city again. Uh, this time, a man involved in the encampment admitted to having a parasitic disease. Uh, he was treated for scabies, and his belongings were carefully contained and removed from the site. City officials in protective suits were called in on Monday to clean up. Some reports say it was never confirmed that the man actually had the disease, but the city says they'd rather play it safe and sanitary than sorry. You know, even if it turns out not being true, that's one of those uh, actual legitimate excuses for going in there and uh, doing something. If if they actually believe that was going on, then of course they're going to go in there and uh, handle a situation. All right, uh, let's see. I think that's all we've got today for our Occupy updates. Uh, although we do have one uh, big Occupy story that didn't come from the Occupy updates daily. Uh, the uh, They're having a Occupy event here in the Midwest. Uh, it's the Occupy the Midwest Regional Conference. And uh, initially I was just going to mention this briefly in the happening sep- section because it is happening this weekend. But there's already been some news. St. Louis authorities violently disband the Occupy Midwest Encampment and Compton Hill Reservoir Park. At least 12 arrested. As protest, <coughs> excuse me, as protesters disbanded their camp at Compton Heights Reservoir, dozens of St. Louis police used pepper spray and violent tactics on the crowd of about 150. 12 were arrested, several visibly bloodied. Occupiers from around the region streamed into St. Louis uh, this weekend, gathering in Kuhner Plaza. Quote, city officials had indicated that park curfew would be enforced, but the actions taken tonight were unprovoked and without warning, said A.J. Segnery, one of the summit organizers. So, yeah, it's, we, we still don't have the full details on what exactly happened, but uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, all the word we've heard is that it's still going on, though, and to my knowledge, a contingent of people from uh, southern Illinois actually just recently left to go to the... Uh, to the conference there in St. Louis. We'll definitely have more news on that as it develops. All right, we've got some more news. Beware the tides of March. Ah, little pun there. I didn't even make that one up. That one's actually in the article. (laughs) Tides of March. If you're not worried about rising sea levels, you should be. Uh, Will your home be underwater in 2030? Not your mortgage, but the house itself? Well, if you live near a coast, that's a question you might want to start taking seriously. Nearly 5 million people across the United States live close enough to the high tide line to be in danger if climate change causes sea levels to rise at least four feet, according to a new report by Climate Central. This report, called Surging Seas, is the first analysis of rising sea levels that includes estimates of land, population, and housing at risk in every low-lying coastal area of the country. It comes with an interactive map that illustrates the threat. You type in your city or zip code, you can adjust the water level on the map to see how many acres, people, and homes would be affected if sea level rose anywhere between 1 and 10 feet uh, above the high tide line. 
Now, I did uh, last night. I did look at that map, and it is it is pretty disturbing. Um, I mean, it, it's going to take time for these effects to happen because uh, the estimates for you know it rising as much as ten feet that's probably not going to happen until uh, twenty one hundred. Uh, but but still, just the thought that within the next fifty to hundred years we may have entire cities get flooded, that's definitely a cause for concern. Here we go. Uh, Given that scientists tend to revise their climate change predictions in ever more dire directions, it would be wise to look at the worst-case scenario for disaster planning purposes. A 7-foot sea level rise would theoretically affect 5.7% of New York City's population, and from what the map shows could lead to floods that would submerge the perimeter of Manhattan and much of Hoboken and Bayonne, New Jersey. With a 7-foot rise, New Orleans would be a total goner. And that's pretty unsettling, a seven-foot rise, because that, that's, once again, you know, not one that's going to happen immediately, but that is in the current uh, predictions, if we continue on our current path of fossil fuel consumption, that the sea level may well rise uh, seven feet within a number of decades. All right, and part of the important thing here is that, uh, is preparation, you know, we're, we're not raising these questions to sort of scare people like, ooh, climate change is going to get you. It's, we're discussing these issues and researching these issues so that people can be prepared. Uh, if it turns out that climate change's effects aren't as bad, then, well, we lucked out. But if these sea level rises do happen and no one has made preparations to deal with them, we will, uh, we will be in a dire situation. All right, maybe it's the warm weather we've been having lately, but we've got another story about melting here, <laughs> or about rising sea levels here. Uh, and this one involves melting. So the, even a small temperature increase will eventually obliterate the Greenland ice cap. If you've been enjoying the recent unseasonably warm weather, prepare for buzzkill. A study published on Sunday by the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research found that even a teensy global temperature increase could turn Greenland ice sheet into the world's largest puddle. Uh, previous research had suggested it would need warming of at least 3.1 degrees Celsius. That's 5.6 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for all of us Americans here who don't know what Celsius is. <laughs> it would take 3.1 above pre-industrial levels to melt the sheets, according to previous predictions. Uh, but new estimates published in the journal Nature Climate Change uh, pushed the threshold down to 1.6 degrees which is 2.9 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, this w now the good news is that to actually melt the entire uh, Greenland ice sheet would take time, even at these temperatures. Um, if if the, it's limited to 2 degrees, then it would take, you know, thousands of years uh, for it to happen. Uh, but if it's brought down uh, below that to the uh, more like the 2 degrees Fahrenheit range, then it could just take a few hundred years in order to uh, do some major melting on the Greenland ice sheet. And uh, you may wonder, well, what does it matter? You know, Greenland ice cap, you know, what does it matter if that melts? But the problem is that it will dramatically raise uh, sea levels if they do, in fact, melt that. It would be 23.6 feet of sea level rise if the entire Greenland ice cap melts. So therefore, even if a small percentage of that melts within the next, you know, 100 years or so, 
that is going to have significant effects on the planet. So let's keep an eye on that uh, Greenland ice cap and hope it stays cool. We've got one more sort of unfortunate story here, then we'll get to one that's a little more exciting. Rural governments spend $1.4 billion a day to disrupt climate. Now, that's one of those inflammatory headlines there, but unfortunately, I'm looking at the graphs right now, and it does appear to be true. Uh, when, when governments actually subsidize their use of fossil fuels, uh, they take their distortions of health and environmental costs uh, pretty far. Worldwide, direct fossil fuel subsidies added up to roughly $500 billion in 2010. Of this, supports on the production side totaled some $100 billion, and support for consumption exceeded over $400 billion, with $193 billion for oil, uh, $91 billion for natural gas, $3 billion for coal, and $122 billion spent subsidizing the use of fossil fuel-generated electricity. Altogether, governments are shelling out nearly $1.4 billion per day to further destabilize the Earth's climate. Now, you know, on the one hand, I understand the sort of short-term logic that's the uh, government's politicians and bureaucrats are probably using for this. Well, well, some of the logic is, well, someone donated me some money, so I'm going to pass whatever policies they want. But even the uh, more uh, sincere, honest, uh, good-natured politicians are probably thinking, well, you know... Consumption of energy will subsidize that, you know, make things a little better for the consumer. Uh, the problem, though, is that uh, there happens to be this thing called climate change. And if we're going to be funding uh, energy of some sort, it doesn't necessarily have to be the type of energy that uh, dramatically increases the rate at which human-caused climate change is occurring. So, once again, in case you missed that number, $1.4 billion a day is spent... Uh, by the world's governments to promote uh, fossil fuel use. So another aspect of that is any time that someone tries to tell you that, oh, renewables are so much more expensive, uh, number one, that's starting to not be the case, and number two, pause a moment to consider why. It may have something to do with the fact that, oh, you know, world governments are spending $1.4 billion a day to influence that market. <laughs> All right, it's also worth noticing about that last story that, you know, not all countries are following the lead of the U.S. and increasing their subsidies. Uh, there are actually countries that are diminishing them. Uh, Belgium, France, and Japan have phased out all subsidies for coal, for example. Um, there's uh, China and Indonesia are reducing their subsidies. Uh, even Iran, which was pricing gasoline at one-fifth its market price, dramatically reduced its gasoline subsidies in 2010 
as part of broader energy subsidy reforms. So, change is possible. <laughs> Alright, let's see some other news. Uh, this one caught my eye. This is an exciting story. Electric scooter version of Zipcar hits San Francisco. Now, if you're not familiar, we've talked about Zipcar before at some point here on Your Community Spirit. It's basically a car sharing program. You become a member of a car sharing cooperative, and there are all these cars parked throughout the city. And uh, some of them, it caught our eye because some of them may be electric, uh, depending on uh, where you are, how you do it. But, you know, you become a member, you rent a car for a day, and it, it lets you share resources. Instead of, you know, 100 people having 100 cars, 100 people may have 20 or 30 cars, and they rotate the use of it. But now they're bringing an electric scooter version of it to uh, San Francisco. Uh, Scoot Networks, an electric scooter rental system similar to Zipcar, recently launched in the Bay Area. The system, which is being rolled out to San Francisco-based companies for private fleets, lets users locate nearby scooters with their smartphones and claim the one that they want. Uh, as, as with Zipcar, each scooter lives in a certain location, so you come there, you rent it, you go use it for a little while, and then you bring it back. After it's docked into the scooter, the phone unlocks the vehicle and acts like a virtual dashboard, providing a map as well as information on speed and range. So this is kind of fun to think about. You know, you decide you're in the city, you decide you want to go somewhere uh, a little further away than you were planning on walking, uh, and you find the, the scooter location and plug it in there, and off you go. Uh, now the, the, the downside to this is that it's currently a limited program. Uh, they're currently just testing it with uh, uh, companies that are out there in San Francisco, and it's not open to the public yet. Uh, but they do have plans to offer scooters for public use at public transit stops throughout the city. Uh, they plan to have hundreds of scooters available to San Franciscans by the end of the year, and if all goes well in the Bay Area, deploy fleets of scooters to cities across America. Now, I find that really interesting and an exciting program. Uh, number one, it's encouraging uh, uh, electric vehicle use, which uh, you, you can use uh, renewable energy to power those vehicles. Now, granted, it'll depend on the person. They may just charge it on fossil fuels, but at least you have that option now, whereas you don't with a, a gas-guzzling vehicle. It's also interesting to see people exploring a variety of different approaches to transportation. We have major problems with our current transportation, everything from funding to climate change, and it's going to really take some innovation to, to deal with those. So we try to share when we can little innovative stories like that. Let's get into some holidays and happenings. What do we have going on? Today is the 76th day of the year. There are 290 days left in the year. little quick math will reveal to you that this is in fact a leap year, as you may remember if you were awake on February 29th. <laughs> Alright, some holidays coming up. Today is Freedom of Information Day. We're doing our part here on Your Community to, spe to Spread Information, but it's easier to spread that uh, when you have things like the Freedom of Information Act and other legislation in other countries that uh, makes for transparent governments. Uh, it'd be nice to also have transparent 
process for the large corporations that control a good part of our economy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Some other holidays coming up. Saturday is St. Patrick's Day. We've got uh, Sunday is Awkward Moments Day. Now, for some people, every day is Awkward Moments Day, but you can especially plan ahead to have an awkward moment on Sunday. It's also Forgive Mom and Dad Day. You know, m- Mom and Dad may have had a lot of problems, may have not always been the best of parents, but uh, Sunday is an opportunity to do your best to forgive and forget. It's also the birthday of President Grover Cleveland. Uh, I believe there's a Muppet named after that guy. Monday is National Quilting Day, day for creating things through quilting. It's also, let's see, it's also Save the Florida Panther Day coming up on Monday. Tuesday is Great American Meetouts. Uh, I don't know if we've got any local events for that this year, but it's a day to uh, celebrate uh, vegetarianism and offer vegetarian events and awareness. Uh, Tuesday is Kiss Your Fiancé Day, so if you're engaged to be married with someone, there's a good chance you'll be kissing them anyway, but Kiss Your Fiancé Day. (laughs) Uh, It's also uh, Ostara. It's the holiday celebrating the uh, beginning of spring, the vernal equinox. Oh, and I wasn't aware of this, actually. It's uh, The equinox apparently is the birthday of Mr. Rogers. Uh, I was a big Mr. Rogers fan as a kid. Uh, Watched his show. I'd like to make a show someday, uh, Mr. Tree Song's Neighborhood, uh, as an homage to Mr. Rogers. Uh, was, he, was, he was a great children's educator. Some other holidays coming up. Uh, Wednesday is the birthday of Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, it's also Human Rights Day in South Africa. But we can celebrate Human Rights Day every day across the world. Thursday is American Diabetes Association Alert Day. It's also as young as you feel day. So if someone's trying to tell you you're too old to do something, but you're still actually able to do it, uh, Thursday's the day to go out and do it. It's also International Goof Off Day, which I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, you're as young as you feel, so you can goof off. Let's share some happenings. It's a happening time in southern Illinois. Spring has sprung, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. As we mentioned, the Midwest Regional Conference is going on for the uh, Occupy the Midwest. Uh, that's happening in St. Louis, uh, originally planned under St. Louis in the, under the Gateway Arch. Uh, their plans may adjust depending on the uh, response, uh, the warm reception uh, given by the uh, authorities of St. Louis. <laughs> but, uh, yeah... We'll have more news on how that went, uh, hopefully next week. We'll see if we can get any reports back from people who went there. Some other happenings coming up. Rice and Spice, the Slow Foods Dinner. Happens every Friday at 6 p.m. over at Guy House Interfaith Center, located at 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Now, this week's celebration is a St. Patrick's Day feast. Uh, known as La Huela Padrig, 
uh, or Festival of Patrick. Uh, this event is a religious holiday celebrated internationally on March 17th. It commemorates St. Patrick for bringing Christianity to the Isle of Ireland. It's also a day to just celebrate Irish culture in general. So there will be food, fun, and all sorts of exciting things going on at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. The fun starts at 6 tonight. Some other happenings coming up. This one hasn't actually started yet, but we want to mention it because it's coming a little early. Uh, the Farmer's Market. We always get really excited about the Farmer's Market here on Your Community Spirit because uh, there are so many good things out there. And this uh, this season they will be starting on Saturday, March 31st. I know you may be thinking, oh my, I thought they were going to start in April. But they're starting a day early on March 31st, or so we have been told. We will be anxiously awaiting the start of it. There's all sorts of greens, cut flowers, herbs and perennials, grass-fed beef, baked goods, jewelry, and more. It's a wonderful time out at the farmer's market, and we'll have a reminder of that to be sure that you know it's coming. Other happenings, Vigil for Peace. Uh, it happens on Saturdays at noon at the Town Square Pavilion. Uh, the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois holds a vigil every Saturday to bear witness to the cost of war and hold out hope for the promise of peace. All right, some other happenings. Amphibians of Southern Illinois. This is a meeting of the Shawnee Chapter of the Illinois Audubon Society. It's happening on Monday, this coming Monday, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Carbondale Township Hall, 217 East Main Street in Carbondale. Uh, Tony Gerard, biology instructor at Shawnee Community College, will be talking about the amphibians of southern Illinois. Uh, that sounds like an exciting talk. I was just listening to some of the uh, uh, amphibians out there at the Arboretum, the uh, peepers peeping, uh, singing for the, the start of spring. Here we go. Speaking of uh, exciting community events, <laughs> we've got Poetry as Folk. This is coming up this Monday at Global Gourmet, 102 East Jackson Street in Carbondale. This is Transportic Playground Celebration of the Uncommon Woman and Man. Spinning yarn of steel drivers, union leaders, butchers, bakers, or candlestick makers. This is a song, uh, song, <laughs> excuse me, this is a poetry and performance night for the working people of the world. Or, you know, you can bring something completely of your own as well. As always with their themes, if you've got your own poetry that doesn't match the theme, that's cool too. But know that the theme this coming Monday is the Uncommon Woman and Man. So, folk poetry. As always, everyone is welcome to the mic. No cover. Got two more here. Just enough time to do them. Science Cafe meeting. Uh, coming up on Thursday, March 22nd at 7 p.m., the Science Center of Southern Illinois. Uh, the second Science Cafe of their spring series will be The Curse of Climate, Tree Ring Records of Drought and Disaster. Uh, that's coming up at the Science Center at the University Mall in Carbondale, uh, Thursday at 7. And finally, the Spring Into Action Party. Uh, that's coming up on Friday, next Friday, March 23rd at 9 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Uh, the winter holiday party over there was a smashing success, so Guy House decided to host a spring holiday party. It's going to be uh, performances by Sawade, the so Southern Illinois West African Drumming Ensemble, Nile Breeze Dance Company, 
Moxon Gap Trio, and Ski. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. There's also a dinner beforehand, a vegetarian soul food dinner. Uh, uh, starting to prepare that at 6. So, it's going to be a good time, going to be a good week and a good spring. Hope you've enjoyed this installment of Your Community Spirit. We'll be back here next week, same bat time, same bat channel, 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois.